Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. Inside the 10 o'clock hour on the fan. Let's get to it quickly. Coming up is Max Goodman in about uh, 10, 12 minutes. So I'm going to take four calls hopefully in the next... 10, 12 minutes. Uh, appreciate you guys calling and waiting while I get my rants off about quarterbacks and Patrick Mahomes and what the Giants should do. And obviously before I was talking about it's baseball time, but I mean, how much baseball can we really do with just quotes and comments coming out of spring training? We need to get to the games and we will, but let's get back to the phones and see if I can clear these calls. Oh, now I have five calls. There's no chance that I clear all of those calls before I bring in my guests, but I want to talk to you. Let's go straight to the phone and see what you guys are talking about. Thanks for Waiting, Alex is in Stratford, Connecticut. Hey, you're first off. I just want to say you're the man. I always love listening. You know, you know, late night, nothing beats it. Thanks. Um. So my point here is, I'm glad you actually played that video. So I'm not comparing by no means Alonzo to Mahomes, but all those people were talking like they just knew that Mahomes was just not gonna, you know, pan out the way you're talking about it. So that brings me to my point. BT and Sal today, or it was yesterday, I'm not positive, were trying to say that Alonzo's just going to, you know, give out. You know, he's not going to play to his full potential if the Mets sign him. His body type just doesn't fit. Alonzo plays like 150-plus games a year. You can always rely on him. Last time I checked, neither of them have their PhD, so I don't know how they just automatically assume that he's not going to pan out if the Mets sign him to a long-term deal and get hurt off, like, out of nowhere. He's only 29. I know that, you know, you're entering your prime. Some guys, obviously, enter their primes out 23, but okay. besides the fact. So what are you asking me? What What's your take on Alonzo? Like, you, he plays 150-plus games a year. How is BP and Sal just coming up with this random thought that Alonzo's just going to break down right when the Mets sign him? I don't know. Thanks for the call, Alex. I'm sure they, they put some thought into it. I, I didn't catch BT and Sal's show today. I, I was busy uh, working a, a side job. But, like, my my take on Pete Alonso has been pretty consistent. I said it earlier today. They don't make a lot of Pete Alonzos, which, like, it's it's just crazy to me that we, we act like Pete Alonso isn't a consistent masher. We act like Pete Alonso doesn't have games where he hits two home runs, weeks where he, he hits five home runs. Like, the guy is a freak. He's good for... 40 bombs, and even last year when he got hurt, he came right back. And and the biggest issue for me, which I don't know what it is, right, maybe we uncover it this year, is why do they not have Pete Alonso's back, his teammates? Why 
do they throw at him and nobody gets upset? Why is he hit by pitch, whether it's, it's uh, um, what's the guy from the, uh, Charlie Morton? Why, like, why is nobody, like, ready to throw hands over Pete Alonzo? He's the mascot. He's the polar bear. He's Mr. Met. And uh, I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm not the type of guy to say what anybody can or can't do. I had a lot of people in my life tell me what I can or can't do. Prove most of them wrong. Still proving them wrong. And in sports, we can't project, right? Nobody can project. But we have to have a take. So I'm not sure what BT and Sal said. Their reason was I listen to their show most days when I wake up. Today I woke up. I had to drive into the city and I had to uh, do some other business. I didn't get to really check their show. Um, but clearly it stuck with you. You called my show to bring it up. I think Pete Alonzo is um, a power hitter in this game that there are not many of. I think that there are plenty of teams that will line up for his services. I think that he is on a trajectory to be uh, one of, if not the best, uh, position player that the Mets have ever had. He's your guy. You already lost to Grom. I think that he's going to go out there and prove it this year. I hope he stays healthy. I hope guys do not headhunt him. I hope guys have his back. Um, I think he's a guy that has, like, I think he's going to age well, especially in uh, the universal DH era. Like, he, he should be a Met for the rest of his life. I think you have the owner that can afford him. And I also think that... You know, when he, when they let him test the free market, you know, that $300 million, it might not be $300 million. It might be like 287 or something. Chris is down in Maryland. What's up, Chris? You're back on the fan. Okay, I'll try to make it quick because right, you got the baseball, but I'll do that later, not tonight. Um, Kingsbury, um, what makes you think he's for sure going to get Caleb Williams? I'm not so well, sure. He's the offensive coordinator. Um, I know that. Dan I know. Quinn and uh, uh, Josh that. Harris and uh, their whole organization. I'm not sure. But, okay. I mean, it's just, it's just an obvious play. He's from D.C. They need a quarterback. They're picking number two. I think they talk to the Bears and give them everything to pick number one and take uh, care of okay. him. I, think, I, hope I, I hope that doesn't happen because you did mention the Bears some so I'm, I'm listening down here watching and to what you say, but it'll be interesting. I haven't heard Boo out of it. I don't know if your interviews with him live or you just going over the press conference today. But um, I guess that's it for because I do. I, I was gonna. I'll get you on baseball another night though, but I'll, I'll be listening to the Kingsbury stuff. And yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, how's it going, buddy? Appreciate you. Chris always calls from down in Maryland. He gets the signal of WFAN down there past the Mason Dixon line and. We usually talk baseball, but I guess, you know, I triggered him talking about D.C. and D.C.'s own Caleb Williams. And I got to go find the clips. I was just looking on on Twitter, and shout out to the Rangers and Chris Kreider, and seven goals scored. The Rangers win. But I was just looking on Twitter not long ago, and they were talking about Cliff Kingsbury meeting the media. Maybe during the break, I will go listen to exactly what he said. But really, it's my theory and a lot of other people's theories that they're going to do everything in their power to get Caleb Williams and uh, it just makes too much sense with that being uh, the the tie between Cliff Kingsbury and USC and that being the offensive coordinator of the commanders and them picking two and them, them having a brand new head coach, brand new ownership. Um, yeah, Ian Rappaport put out there that, you know, Cliff Kingsbury met with the media today and so much of the discussion was about the quarterback. I'll have to go listen to that and try and hear whatever he said. Let's see what uh, Jake out on Long Island has to say. What's up, Jake? Hey, what's up, Keith? How's it going? You know, hanging in there. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I got you. I'm going to try to make it quick. I just want to make two points. One about the Rangers, how I like how they're trying to starting to get back on track, scoring more goals than they used to be, playing a little defense, shutouts. They're starting to get back on track. Yeah, that's what you got to do. You know, you got to get back on track. It's a long season, and, it, you know, it goes in waves. And obviously they started off hot, but where they are in the standings, get back right and stay there. 
Yeah, yeah, you gotta gotta stay at one in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing I want to talk about the Yankees. I'm just so excited to see Juan Soto. I just keep reminding myself, like, oh right, Juan Soto's a Yankee. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be real fun. Yeah, I can't wait opening day in Yankee Stadium when they announce him, and he's it's gonna go crazy. That, that first uh, double deck moonshot he hits to right field, it's gonna be pandemonium in the Bronx. So man, my mouth's watering already. Hey yo, wait hey, yo. <laughs> what? Had to let him go. Rob out in Brooklyn on the fan. What's up, Rob? This is a situation I didn't think I'd be in at all. <laughs> oh. Yo, yeah, sorry. That was hilarious. Clip that. <laughs> all right, Rob, you got it. Should the Yankees trade Glaber Torres? Simple as that. Thanks for the call, Rob. Should the Yankees trade Glaber Torres? No. Brian Cashman came out and said he views Glaber Torres as one of the best second basemen in the American League. Last night when I was on, I was talking about how everybody keeps going over the top of the lineup. Everybody keeps talking about the projected Yankees lineup, and it's, oh, DJ and, and Soto, and is Soto going to bat in front of Judge? A Judge third or second? And then who's behind Rizzo, Stan? Man, the Yankees have the opportunity to have a hella sneaky bottom of the order. With Glaber Torres... With Verdugo, with Volpe, with Trevino, if he's back healthy, like the bottom of the order, order could be really tough. And Glaber Torres is no slouch. Glaber Torres could be a leadoff hitter. If DJ isn't what we think, Verdugo could be a leadoff hitter. But like if, if DJ returns to form, which is necessary this year, come on, DJ. I, I spoke last night about how DJ's daughter was born in 2021 and he had a down year during 2021 and even 2022. And you know, he he got right towards the end of 2023 with Sean Casey. Shout out to the mayor. But, like, you know, I've related to my experience having my son and not sleeping and how your brain is just different and how you see the world different and how, you know, you're always thinking about them. It's, a, it's an adjustment. But I think now DJ's daughter is older and he's definitely adjusted and she's not probably a kicking, screaming infant or not probably. She's definitely not a kicking, screaming infant infant anymore and she's older now and life is adjusted for him and Boone was talking about how much time he spent there in the offseason working out and training and I think he has something to prove so I expect to see DJ at the top of the order at least to start Glaber Torres is not going to get traded unless Glaber I don't know I think Glaber Torres potentially could even resign I think they love Glaber and you know what about Glaber it's tough because like Judge loves him Judge hangs out with him and like you know, we saw a clip of Glaber on um, FaceTime with Juan Soto. Like, they're making relationships. And I know Cashman don't care about that, right? Cashman will trade Gio Urshela away. That was Glaber's right-hand man. They should resign Gio for the low. He's still out there. Um, also, he'll bring in Josh Donaldson, who uh, called out Garrett Cole. He's done things to shake up the locker room. But I just think, you know, Glaber has to show us that he's not going to be a bonehead. Glaber has to show us that he's not going to run into outs. He's not going to just... You know, have those moments where he just has lapses and he boots a ground ball that could, you know, get a double play to get us out of the inning or doesn't hustle to first. And, and like, he's got to lock in. And I hope that this is the year he matures and grows up and shows us that he really can be a superstar at second base. He's not your shortstop. Remember, we went through that whole thing. Glaber Torres could be a guy there. But if he's not, there's some other guys. Peraza exists and you know, there's some other guys that they can pop in there to uh, play in the infield, and uh, they're 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 a lot of they're a lot more cost effective. But it's a prove it year for Glaber Torres. They haven't traded him the past two years. 
I don't expect them to trade him before the season. They're going to go into the season with that sneaky bat in the bottom of the order, and we'll see how he plays and if he shakes out that, um, you know, what do they call it, non-winning player. Like, you know, I call it bonehead stuff. He's just got too many of those lapses and, and um, you know, moments where it's like, come on, Glaber, you, you got to tighten up. We're in the game right now. Okay, speaking of being in the game right now, Max Goodman. My guy is going to come through and talk Yanks with us. He's not down there in spring training yet, but um, he writes for NJ Advanced Media. I think he also used to write for Sports Illustrated. Uh, Max is also a guy. He looks like a basketball player when you see him. The kid's like 6'7", and he's just a good guy. He does a great job covering the Yankees. You probably follow him on Twitter. And uh, I saw him at the Pinstripe Pride event, and I was like, yo, we got to have you back on. So let's take a break. Let's go get Max, and we'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Right now, my guy, Max Goodman, it's been a while. Max Goodman writes for your New York Yankees, covering the Yankees for NJ Advance, MediaNJ.com. He's a former baseball player himself, and like I said before the break, this guy's like 6'7". How tall are you, Max? Welcome to the fan. Thanks for having me, Keith. I'm actually six foot six, but uh, if, if you want to round up, that's totally fine with me. I'm giving you judge height. Um, I'm, I'm, you're tall as judge. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're uh, we're planning a couple of you know behind the scenes basketball games with some of the the beat writers this spring. Uh, Gary Phillips, Chris Kirshner, Brendan Cuddy, and I we're going to try to get some runs in. Hopefully, oh, if you need an extra guy, I don't write any articles, but I can run point for you. Hell, you know, <laughs> hit me up. Hell yeah, I would love to slide through. They're going to be like, no, you can't bring in a radio host. No, we'll totally have you. I mean, we're we're all washed up. I haven't taken a basketball shot in years but uh it would be fun to you know that's the beauty of spring training right because you, you get to do a couple different things you enjoy the weather you go get your pub subs and uh it, it's a blast for for those six weeks i'm not down there just yet as, as i know you mentioned before i came on but i will be there soon yeah i played in uh hoboken intramurals one game for like zog sports last year 
and I played with all people that like played college basketball and they could tell I played college football. I traveled a couple of times and they were like, yo, you can't catch the ball and run with it. I'm like, I'm trying to just run through everybody. But <laughs> Back to the conversation at, at hand. We're talking baseball tonight because I feel like it's time, right? Football is done and basketball's on break. I know we got hockey going, but like this is the time of year. Pitchers and catchers reported yesterday and we're starting to get all the iPhone videos from the people down there. We're starting to get all the quotes and everybody's talking, right? All the reporters are asking the questions and the Yankees, man, the Yankees talk that talk better than anybody when it comes to what's going to happen this year and, you know, the promise for this year. So, you know, something I was talking about last night was that like everything went wrong last year. I even went back and like broke down certain games and, and stretches and went and looked at the lineup and laughed at like, you know, that day we were counting on Willie Calhoun that day, Josh Donaldson, Billy McKinney, and, you know, this guy was in the lineup. So um, speak about covering the team last year. And I know you've been covering the team for multiple years, but speak about how last year just clearly was an outlier. And you don't, I mean, I don't know, maybe you expect it to happen again, but I don't expect it to happen again. No, I mean, I don't think that they're necessarily, but my, my prediction, I guess, as of right now is, is that the Orioles are the better team. I know that they faced some, some injury news today over in a, in Sarasota at Orioles camp, but I think the Yankees are a playoff team as of now. They've made quite a few improvements this offseason. Maybe it's not quite a finished product, and that's why I give them, you know, a little under a, an A minus, uh, maybe a B plus for for the offseason grade, uh, just in terms of the, the questions with their pitching staff. But yeah, last year was was wild. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong did, and really other than Garrett Cole and, and Glaber Torres was their most consistent hitter the whole season. Um, it was that perfect storm in the worst way possible. And I know that this team does have injury adversity routinely, you know, all the way back to 2019, which is before I started covering the team, but there was that next man, next man up mentality. I mean, last year I had to compare to that and, and you lose so many guys that you're counting on a lot of the vets that the Yankees are relying on. Didn't produce some of the youngsters. You saw those growing pains. And, and everybody in between as well. So, you know, what, what the Yankees are good at is bringing the best out of bullpen arms, and we saw that last year. Their bullpen was was great for much of the season, best ERA in the league, as much as they, they, they weren't as tremendous at the end of the year. But, yeah, you, you come into this spring, and there are quite a few question marks, Keith, and, and I think you could see a team that wins the division, but you could also see a team that's, that's hanging around in the bottom of the wild card race. Yeah, you mentioned something that made me think about Boone. It's it's the last year of his contract, and uh, 2019 was the next man up year. I remember I called it replaced for 28 because we had to replace all the players, and we were winning with replacements, and a lot of people talked about Aaron Boone that year as potentially manager of the year. I, I believe Rocco Baldelli won um, with the Twins, and, uh, you know, I think that this past year was just a year where it's like, you know, you can't do that every year. You can't, like, Boone doesn't get to pick the team, and he can only work with who he has. But, man, imagine this year he has a healthy team. I think Boone is a, is a guy that can lead the Yankees where they need to go. What do you think about Aaron Boone and the pressure of his last year with this guy? And also, can you speak to how you think the players receive him? And I, I know that the players love him. I know they want to play for the guy. Well, first off, I, I agree with you. I think that as much as blame can be placed on everybody throughout the organization last year, a lot of it does go to the front office because even before the injuries, I did think that it was a flawed roster and the construction wasn't necessarily there 
to take them to where they, they want and are supposed to go and where the expectations are. And that's, that's a championship. Uh, speaking to the guys in that clubhouse and, and seeing how they act, it, it seems like they all really do like Boone. I mean, he's a player's manager. He's not going to go out there and rip one of his guys. It's very rare if he's going to do that and talk negatively about his team. You know, you'll see him slam a table every once in a while and then he, he can be critical, but he is going to say what's best for his players, especially when he's uh, communicating with us. And he's under a lot of pressure. You, you said it. It's his contract year. They bring in Brad Ausmus as the new bench coach, a guy who's who's got some big league managerial experience. I don't know if he's you know going to be bred to be the replacement. I think if if the Yankees had their druthers, they, they'd be able to keep Boone around and he'd lead them to some success this year. But yeah, I mean he's he's got eyes on him. That's for sure this year. Because if they get out to a really slow start, as much as maybe a lot of it's out of his control, someone's going to need to be the scapegoat after they didn't make those kinds of changes at the end of last year. Yeah, I think Boone is in line to be the fall man if this goes left. And you mentioned Brad Ausmus being there. I think that helps. I think it, it helps to have a guy with managerial experience. And then also we're going to be watching the Yes Network post game with uh, our guy Joe Girardi there as well. So it's a big year, but good, man. Um, you know, pressure makes diamonds, but pressure also bursts pipes. And, uh, you know, I'm hearing Marcus Stroman talk today, and I know that he's a guy that, you know, he claims he wants the spotlight and the pressure but I'm a guy that just worries about all of the talking and the social media and all of the, like, reversing from where you were a couple years ago. I just hope that he's healthy. What are you expecting to see out of Marcus Stroman on the field? Um, I'm hoping that he's ready to go. He, he talked about today being the third starter and being the guy in line to open up uh, Yankee Stadium on April 5th against the Blue Jays. I like the, the Stroman move. I think that him being a sinker baller able to keep the ball on the ground and induce weak contact is going to be valuable uh, for someone that's pitching, you know, half of his starts at Yankee stadium. Um, he does have an attitude when he's out there, right? He plays with his heart on his sleeve and he's going to leave it all out there. And I think that there's room for that on this team and in this clubhouse, someone that, you know, he was talking down in Tampa today about how he got chills when he heard from Brian Cashman, that he was going to be a Yankee. This is his team from when he was growing up and, you know, they, the two of them moved on from the, the beast that they had a couple of years back. And Roman's been in a couple different uniforms. He's been an all-star. He struggled. Uh, maybe this is a place where he can, you know, really find his groove again and, and distinguish himself as that number two behind Cole. Because I don't know if you'll probably ask me also about the rest of the rotation. We don't know what we're going to get in terms of what uh, Rodon is going to do and what Cortez is going to do. So the Yankees would love to have Stroman uh, – get back to that near-the-top rotation type of form. And, you know, he's showing up to camp in a you know, World Series hat. I think it was one of the, the Dynasty teams with Jeter, one of those logos. Yeah, 96. And, you know, yeah. he's uh, posting on Instagram that he's locking in for the season. And, you know, sorry if I don't get back to you, but uh, I'm, I'm locked in. I mean, I, I think that that's, that's great. It shows that he's committed. But, you know, as, as Aaron Boone will say all the time, you know, the Yankees have to go out there and prove it. And Stroman's one of those guys also that, that had his injuries uh, last season, wasn't always the all-star form that we've seen from him in the past. And there are those off-the-field concerns, like uh, Alex Verdugo is, is a similar case as well. So we'll see how they jive in the clubhouse. And if he's able to keep that sinker humming, I think he's going to do pretty well. We're joined right now by Max Goodman, Yankees beat reporter for NJ Advanced Media, NJ.com. Uh, Max, when do you head down to Tampa? When are, when are you down there to start your work? 
later this month. And I'm still working up up here remotely. It's just uh, I won't be joining my my colleagues Randy Miller and and Bob Clappish until the end of the month. All good. Yeah, I won't be down there until late in March. And I mean, with social media, like I said, we get all the videos of the bullpen sessions and uh, we get all the alerts and updates and everything else uh, that we need to see. I ask because I'm waiting on Juan Soto. I'm waiting on the Juan Soto footage. I'm waiting on the Juan Soto conversation. I know what Cole's going to say. I know what Cashman's going to say. I didn't know what Stroman's going to say. But, uh, you know, we get a lot of talk about Juan Soto here. And I think it's really two things, right? People are already jumping the gun. They're jumping past this entire season, and they're jumping into, is he going to stay? How are they going to keep him? You know, Are they going to be able to pay him? And I think we got to just take this thing day by day and uh, realize that Juan Soto is one of the best players in the game. What do you think his impact is going to be? Obviously, we can all answer that, but I want to hear from you. His impact in the lineup as well as in the clubhouse. Like This is an all-star. This is a superstar. This is a guy that has played internationally. Like He is... Uh, one of the faces of baseball, he gets compared to Ted Williams. I think that, you know, him coming into the clubhouse with the likes of Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole and some of the other star players, iron sharpens iron and, you know, high tide raises all ships. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, just listening to what uh, Cole was saying today, that, that you know, he's faced quite a few hitters in his career, and, and he thinks that Soto has, you know, the best knowledge of the strike zone of anyone that he's come across. And I think that I'm particularly excited to both watch and also write about Soto's plate discipline. I think really the only way to describe the production that he's had, and he's, he's, he's not too old, right? I mean, he's been around for a long time, but, but he's just scratching the surface. And that, that word is generational. And when you're in the same conversation as Ted Williams, like you said, but so many other all-time greats, and, and there's even more room for him to grow. And I know that, you know, he's a lefty slugger. He's going to do even better at Yankee Stadium. I don't think he's going to have – maybe he hits a career high in terms of home runs, but I don't think it's going to be necessarily just a power season. I think he's going to be the, the trigger for them in this lineup in terms of starting rallies, getting on base, spraying doubles into left center at Yankee Stadium, maybe, maybe legging out some triples, doing some damage in all of those different AL East ballparks that the Yankees are playing in routinely. And, yeah, I mean, greatness brings out greatness from other folks. And, and the issue with the Yankees lineup last year was that it was isolated success. And they were never really firing on all cylinders together. And that's the M.O. of the Yankees when you think of their, their best years. It's a lineup that is just so treacherous for opposing pitchers to get through. So, man, if, if D.J. LeMahieu is able to build on the second half last year and it's D.J., Juan Soto, and Aaron Judge to start off a lineup, I mean, that has the potential to be – you know, top three in, in all of baseball. I know that the Dodgers and the Braves come to mind as, as other lineups that have just dominant starts, but you got to have the whole lineup playing at their best as well. And that's why it's important that Stanton bounces back. Uh, Volpe takes a step forward. How's Austin Wells going to do with more playing time? Uh, Austin, Anthony Rizzo, is he, is he clearing a, from, from what happened last year? So, so it's going to take a, a village for them, but, but Soto is, is huge. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and this is also jumping the gun, but I think the biggest thing that Juan Soto provides is a proven postseason bat. Like, when we get to October, we know what this guy did with the Nationals. We know what he did on the World Series stage. He He's going to do that again. But to get there, you got to have the pitching. And the cliche is you can never have enough pitching. And I think most Yankee fans are worried about, uh, you know, the Yankees' rotation. There's a lot of question marks. We don't know what Rodon and Nestor and Stroman are going to be and – uh, Clark Schmidt in the second year and 
Uh, what do you think about, okay, the Yankees traded for Clayton Andrews, and uh, Cashman has come out there to say we're not pencils down until July 30th, like they're open to trade and they're open to add. Um, people are still speculating over Blake Snell. Some are still calling up to suggest Trevor Bauer. What do you think about the Yankees adding another starter, especially since they lost out on Corbin Burns and he got traded to the Orioles? My sense on on the way they feel about the rotation is that they like what they have. They were happy with pivoting from maybe a race that, that was never even possible for them to win in the Yamamoto sweepstakes and getting Stroman at a bargain and adding a guy who has really high upside. But, of course, I mean, the Yankees know better than to be complacent, especially after what happened last year. And as much as it is a, a cliche from Cashman that, that pencils aren't down yet, I think that they are going to try to be opportunistic. Now, is, is Blake Snell going to take a heavy discount after his second Cy Young season when he's on the other side of 30 and Scott Boris is his agent? I don't necessarily see that happening. And, and Jordan Montgomery had a great uh, walk year as well heading into free agency. So the real question here is, is you know, you have your, your five-man starting staff, and I don't think that you're going to find in all of baseball a rotation that has a higher ceiling as well as a lower floor because I can see – you know, there are four all-stars in there, and Clark Schmidt is highly touted, took a, a big step forward last year. If everybody does well on paper, that's a pretty solid group, right? But it's hard to expect that each of them, if not multiple of them, uh, are, are. it's hard to expect that that entire group is going to stay healthy, right? And and maybe multiple of them miss time. That's certainly been the case with Rodon and Cortez going back to last year. So when Luke Weaver is your, your number six, and, and after that, it's a lot of unproven uh, young guys that as much as they are very talented and the organization is high on them, uh, we as reporters and, and, and fans out there, it's hard to it's hard to bet on that uh, coming to fruition and being able to, to pitch well if somebody does go down. So are they going to sign one of those big names? I don't know. I, I guess I doubt it at this point, but I'm very curious to see what happens with those those aces that are still out there, right? Because this is it's getting to that point where they're going to want to pick a team and start to get ready for opening day. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it happens, but there is a school of thought that with Chris Young, the GM of the Rangers, coming out saying that we're done, we're not adding any more um, free agents to the Texas Rangers, Jordan Montgomery might find himself in a situation where he needs a team. And there is a school of thought as well that pitchers and catchers report and guys start their workouts and start ramping up. And if you're a starter in Major League Baseball, you don't want any setbacks. I mean, you can work out on your own with your pitching coach or, you know, you can have somebody stand in and take uh, BP against you. But you, you really need to get into a spring training training camp and get into some games and, and have some live BP. And I don't know. I think that, you know, these guys are going to want to sign sooner rather than later. Um, the Boris Five, you know, those two guys are with Scott Boris. Um, again, we're talking to Max Goodman from NJ.com, NJ Advanced Media, covering the New York Yankees. Uh, two quick things before we let you go. I'm a jersey guy. I have a closet full of jerseys. I care about baseball jerseys and how they look. And I've seen them go from Majestic to Nike to now Fanatics. Have you gotten to see these new Fanatics jerseys and the rounded last names on the back? Yankees don't have to worry about that. But have you seen the way that these new jerseys look? Rob Manfred came out today to say they're, they're performance wear. I'll tell you what, I had a feeling you might ask me about this. I was walking home today in the city and past the uh, MLB headquarters right by Rockefeller Center. Yeah. And saw all of those jerseys in the windows. Wait, they're on and sale was, in, in the MLB store over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and they look just like fake. They look was, cheap. 
I was going to say, I mean, everybody's talking about it on social media. I don't particularly like the, the changes that they made, how the, the MLB logo is much lower and the, the font is smaller. Yeah. I haven't, you know, touched one of them yet, but I know the stitching is an issue as well. I mean, look, I always thought that baseball had, had great jerseys across the league. I know there are some, you know, odd and, and maybe even grotesque designs that are out there, but I mean, it's, it's, classic here in new york with the pinstripes and across the league there's so many great jerseys i think it's a shame to to change things up too much but hey if they are performance based and it's going to help these guys play better i mean like 100 years ago they were playing in wool right and it was you know impacting mm-hmm. their ability to perform so i guess it's a, a first world problem in that sense but to hear the players going out there and complaining and, and being very critical about it because i know there have been some articles that have been circulating in the last couple of days and that says a lot right i mean for them to be that that candid about it and you see the pictures and they just they don't look as good right yeah no they don't look as good and i might have to go over to the store tomorrow and and get a feel for them i I was at the all-star game and i got a feel for the all-star jerseys which manfred compared them to and they're flimsy like not for nothing you know i played in the uh carton and roberts tiki and tierney softball game and our jerseys we're stronger than those jerseys. Like, I don't know. They say it's performance wear, but they're so light. And I, I don't know where they're going with it. I think I blame Fanatics because they have a history of sending people fake and cheap merchandise. Okay, last thing with the jerseys. The City Connect uniforms, right? As you mentioned, the odd designs and weird designs. Like, some of the City Connect jerseys are a complete miss. But this year, the Dodgers are making their second City Connect uni. And they have an iconic uniform. And now we're down to two teams where the Oakland A's, I understand. The Oakland A's are leaving Oakland. They're leaving their fan base. I understand them not making a City Connect uniform because their city is divided. They're not connected at all. And the Yankees are the other team, and I obviously know the Yankees are holding out because of their prestige and their history and the pinstripes and the road grays, and they're probably just like, no, we don't want to do this, and they're pushing back on it. But I think it would be cool for the fans. I think now is the time to get an alternate jersey what do you think about the Yankees passing now the last three years on making a City Connect uniform? Right. I saw that announcement a couple of days ago. I wasn't too, too surprised, I guess, because I do agree with you. It is a, a tradition thing. It's not messing with something that's that's been that way for, for a very long time, and it has a, a reputation of, of championships and success. But it would be pretty cool to, to see one. I mean, I guess the the Mets are doing it. Yeah, but the downside is it ends up being a, a not so great uniform, right? And it totally just—I'm not going to say taints the the tradition, but you know what I mean. I mean, there was the the players' weekend stuff a couple years back, so so it's the not like they've never jerseys. not yep, worn. They, I was in yeah. LA for that series, and it came out there in all black, and actually it looked good, and they won. Yeah, so so I think there's room for one, and I'm sure that there will be some sort of new fun alternate in the, the next little league classic years. they did the little league classic with the you know nicknames on the back and they had the gray and blue little league style jerseys they changed up then but you know what it was max they were in dodger stadium and they were out in williamsport or something they will not do the city connect uniforms which would take the pinstripes off in yankee stadium right yeah i mean it would be it would be odd to see uh the yankees not wearing pinstripes in yankee stadium but hey i mean Ahmed Rosario has hit a walk-off home run against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, so all bets are off. Right? We don't. We don't. We don't. What, come on, Max. We don't do yeah. that. We don't. We don't. That didn't count. That like we don't even mention that, bro. That was fake. That was fake life, man. It was a warped year. It was a fake season. <laughs>
it feels like an eternity ago. That's that's what I'll say. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I know the Yankees aren't going to do it because it falls in line with the, uh, you know, the the facial hair pro- policy and in line with the Yankees being above everybody else. So I know they're not going to. They're not going to change it. I mean, look. The, the bottom line is, if they go out there and the Yankees win a World Series this year, no one's going to be talking about the uniforms, right? So they have their other priorities and. And that's the way they should be looking at it because it's it's been a long time since this team has won a championship. And when you go into each season with that as your expectation and, and the anticipation from fans, I mean, I know that pressure is a privilege and that's what you, you made the comment earlier about it, bringing out diamonds and all that. But this team is under a lot of pressure, right, to close. I mean, they've made a lot of improvements, but uh, there's a high ceiling and a low floor. So I'm I'm very intrigued about this roster. I think that it has, uh, the ability to go deep into October, but guys got to stay healthy. Guys got to bounce back that were declining last year, and uh, it, it's it's going to take that whole group to uh, succeed, not just not just Soto and uh, and Judge and Cole. Yeah, might not end in a World Series, but we're definitely going to win more games and have a good year. And hopefully, when October comes, the team is healthy and the team gets hot. Max, I appreciate you, bro. Thanks for joining my show. I'll see you soon. Of course. Have a good weekend, and uh, I'll see you on the court at some time. Yeah, no, seriously, invite me to that game. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good, man. I'll talk to you again soon. Later, bro. 877-337-6666. We're talking Yanks. Uh, I'm I'm not going to get off the City Connect thing. You know, this is the last thing I'll say before break. When the Yankees go to other ballparks like Cincinnati and they have the City Connect uniforms, like the name means something, right? It connects the city. The fans show up in their alternative uniforms. They match the team. And the Yankees come to town, the stadium sells out, and it's like, ooh, look at us with our alternative uniforms, right? They had color rush uniforms in the NFL. Everybody did it. Um, you, you see in college, they have, you know, blackouts where I, I know at JMU, my, my old school, for years when I was there, we were like, we need a black uniform. They wouldn't do it, and then they did. And it's like, yo, it's cool to see everybody in black jerseys, and, and then the fans wear black. I know the Yankees want to keep the pinstripes. Why can't they come up with a cool way – to have pinstripes, but also have an alternate home uniform and connect the city. They could. They could. Have my, my boy Ronnie from Kids design it. Have him partner with Nike and do it. But they won't do it this year with Fanatics because Fanatics is making these janky, light, like, jerseys with the lower MLB logo and the rounded font on the back. So I, I guess it's fine. We'll compromise. Since Fanatics ruined the jerseys this year and the Yankees are bypassing it this year, Forget it. Don't add, you know, more pressure to these guys. Win the World Series, and uh, we'll get the City Connect jerseys next year. Call me up. We're talking baseball. Keep McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. Juju on that beat. Juju on that beat. Hey, knock if you buck. Hey, knock if you buck. Hey. How's it going out there? I've got about an hour left. Let's get back to the show. Let's take as many calls as we can. Coming up, my Casamigos Big shot of the night and open mic time. You know, we're going to talk Yankees. And then if you guys want to mix in anything else about whatever in sports, we can do that at 877-337-6666. Let's go to John in Brooklyn on the fan. What's up, John? Sorry, Keith. Hey, Keith, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm hanging in. I was one of your earliest callers. Thanks for calling back. Is this your second time calling? Yes, sir. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's been almost three years. Still here. No way. 
Oh my God! Don't even say that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, coming up on three. Oh years. Oh my God, that's unbelievable. Time flies when you're having fun, man. I just keep coming to work. Highlights. What'd you say? Highlights. You got any highlights? Do I have any highlights? Hmm. Let's see. Highlights on the fan. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Just getting the, getting the job. Yeah, just being on the fan every night. There's so many shows; they just keep rolling and. Someone asked me recently, they're like, you know, list all the guests you've had on. I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I'm forgetting people. I've forgotten some great people that I've had on. Every day is a highlight, man. It's it's a bless. It's a blessing. It's an opportunity. I don't know what the you know the best thing I've done on the fan. Well, obviously, obviously, I've been listening at least that long. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for calling back. What you got for us? I heard a call earlier comparing Juan Soto to Ted Williams. Oh yeah, they've been doing that for years now. You you never they, heard? You never? No, you can literally Google they, Google Juan they, Soto and Ted they, Williams. Do they have similar statistics? I don't know, but the first thing that comes up, uh, the legend of Juan Soto, the best young hitter since Ted Williams. The Nationals' right fielder is the greatest hitting prodigy since Ted Williams. A, a lot of people in baseball have drawn that comparison. I never saw a Ted Williams play. I have no idea. I think Juan Soto is good. You don't. You don't need. You didn't need to know. See, I didn't either. Yeah. Supposedly he broke a record. Juan Soto breaks Ted Williams' insane record, not seen since 1901. Let's see what, what that is. What was that? Uh, let's see. Which record? Oh, his on base percentage. Let's see. Uh, Juan Soto to the Padres, despite hitting just 249 this year, the incredibly talented 23 year old has a .411 on base percentage. That is because of. His propensity to earn walks. Let's see. He walks as high. There it is. So 468 walks for Juan Soto tied the most before turning 24. Most walks before turning 24 since 1901. Ted Williams uh, had 468, and Juan Soto was able to pass him with that. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take that to the bank. Do people know that Ted Williams is the last 400 hitter? No. People are you know talking about Luis Arise. You know him? Who's that? Exactly. No. <laughs> exactly. Do people know that Ted Williams was in the military for five years? Nah, Ted Williams played in like the like nineteen forties, nineteen thirties. Played in he played almost up until the sixties. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at his baseball reference right now. Ted Williams. Two or three years in two or three years in World War Two or and two years in Korea. Yeah, career 344 batting average, 482 on base percentage, slugging. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to compare errors. How many how many home runs did he hit? In his career, he hit 521 home runs. That 500 mark, that puts you up there. And he missed five seasons to the military. Five seasons. Yeah, you think he could take Garrett Cole yard? You think he could hit a home run off Garrett Cole? <laughs> Ted Williams had the they, they had they had something called the Ted Williams shift. Yeah, they banned the shift now. So, um, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Nobody else had a shift at that time. It was only him. Yeah, but I mean now nobody is shifting. So what? What would Ted? You know, Ted Williams. He, he's, he's still, he still hit four hundred with the Ted Williams shift. What, how how they line up for the Ted Williams shift? 
the same. He was a left-handed batter. Shift. Yeah, yeah. They put a, they put their short center fielder in right field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess. Um, I guess he'd be decent now. <laughs> he'd be decent. You know what Ted Williams said? He'd be decent. He'd be MVP. He'd be. You know he'd Ted be Shohei Otani. You think he's better than Shohei? I. Did don't he get pitch? me started with Shohei. Did he pitch? He never pitched, right? He didn't pitch. No, Ted never pitched. No. Well, do you think don't Babe get me Ruth? Started with Shohei. You, you think Babe Ruth is Babe better Ruth than Shohei? Twenty-three scoreless innings in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shohei never when did that. Shohei, Shohei didn't, does, Shohei didn't when even Shohei, sniff when the World Shohei Series. Does that, give me a call. Yeah, nah. Shohei's never even seen October baseball. Oh, really? They never even made the playoffs, that team. Holy right. God. Right. You know, he's out there with Mike Trout. They play for the Angels. That's what they're about to sign Blake Snell. Bad, man. And they had no pitch. You know, you know who their greatest pitcher was? For the Angels? Noah Syndergaard. Noah <laughs> <laughs> oh, you a trip, John. Thanks for the call, man. That was that was a good one. 877-337-6666. So coming up, my Casamigos Big Charlotte. We had some funny ones tonight. I got to go back and find some of these clips. I uh, can't wait opening day in Yankee Stadium when they announce him and he's man, my mouth's watering already. Bruh. <laughs> my voice. Oh, I can't. He's like, yo. <laughs> my mouth's watering already. <laughs> You're gonna be in Yankee Stadium with your mouth watering, watering when they say number twenty-two, Juan Soto. You're gonna be up there like. <laughs> my mouth's watering already. Bruh. Pulse. Yo, y'all trip me out, man. <laughs> I like baseball, but it doesn't make my mouth water. My mouth's watering already. <laughs> ah, diehard fans, man. You know, Juan Soto, Ted Williams, Shohei, and Babe Ruth. We're talking baseball. Tis the season. Coming up, my Casamigos big shot of the night, and then we're going to run through calls till 12. Talking baseball, Yanks, Mets. If you guys want to talk about Daniel Jones and Caleb Williams and not Ted Williams, we can do that too. Keep McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.